Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women as well as marginalized people who has been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast, Apple, Spotify and Google. It will make a huge differences to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Hey y'all, it's Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. Uh, and this is Asian Bitches Down Under. Helen, um, before we started recording, Helen told me that she needed like 20 minutes to get actually um, to to go and make dinner, get dinner ready. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and before we started recording, I was like, for the last 30, 20 minutes, Helen has been preparing food for her family, whereas I was online buying candles. <laughs> With, uh, uh, yeah, two different lifestyles. Yeah. But candles are, are very important to me. Like, I, I don't, like, Helen just sent, showed me a candle from, like, I think you can get one of those organic candles from Woolworths that are, like, $14, $15. Yeah. And, like, I guess at, at a place like Woolworths, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so expensive. And then here I was at on, like, EQ, IQ website spending, like, $45 on one candle. <laughs> okay, yeah. Why, how is it $45? I is don't it, like, know. Super organic soy, yeah, I have- fair tray. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I have absolutely Everything. no idea why candles are so expensive, but it's it's a question that inquiry that I refuse to answer because candles mean so much to me. Like I literally uh-huh. have to have a candle in my room no matter where I live. Like a candle in every room, like a candle in the kitchen, a candle in the bathroom, a candle in my lounge room. Candles just like for me are a calming mechanism for me. So I light okay. a candle and immediately I feel much calmer. Uh-huh. And I think there's something holy or religious about it. Yeah, I think it's definitely like religious about it because um, in Asian culture, you never light white candles because it's like a sign of death or something like that. You oh, have it at that. the funeral, white candles. Oh. I'm pretty sure that I remember that um, someone has given out our parents a set of candles mm. and they're both, it's white and mum's like, this is such a big taboo in our Chinese culture. Because right. you only no use. Idea. You only use white candles on funerals, or yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, I always like white candles. I don't think I've ever bought a candle other than white. Maybe mm. like when I went to Blue Mountains, Lura. I think in Lura there's like a candle shop, and they have mm. like candles in different colors. But I've always found like uh, white candles to be the most tranquil. Mm-hmm. And I love mm-hmm. that my sister, one of my sisters, um, gives me her candles because like mm-hmm. it's not safe because she's got little kids, and so like she just gives them to me. When she, when people gift mm-hmm. her candles, like she just gives them to me, and I'm like, yay, score! Yeah. What kind of scent do you prefer? Oh, um, I like kind of musky. Uh, I don't like kind of floral flavors. Mm-hmm. I usually tend to like eucalyptus flavors or like something earthy from mm-hmm. from plant based. Nothing too sort of like strong. artificial. Yeah, or yeah. artificial. Yeah. I see. Uh huh. So how was your week? I have got a lot of catching up to do with you. Yeah. Why don't we start with you? I've been watching a bit more movies this week. Um, I finally watched Minari with my family. Mm -hmm. And it was 
I don't know. Maybe I had a too much expectation of it. It wasn't、yeah. that much emotional for me. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was not... good. It was. It was、yeah. a good movie. But I feel like there's. It's a bit more. It's a movie that's based on the perspective or from the male characters rather than the female characters. Yeah. I feel like there's more. It was more focus between what David, which is the little boy's、yeah. experience. And、mm. Jacob, the the father's、yeah. um, journey, in where were they?、Um, Rural Kentucky or some Midwest state. Yeah, yeah, and there was a very little visibility and dialogue between the female characters,、mm. um, apart from you know the the center in the other center, female characters was the grandmother, but、mm. there was very who won an Oscar for it. Yeah, but there was so little visibilities. I feel coming from. Uh, Monica, the mom and the daughter, and、oh, okay. the、yep. the big sister. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think be, I guess it's partly because it's the the director and the writer for the film,、um, Isaac Lee Chen, that he's reflecting on his.、Um, it's like a semi、um, autobiographical autobiography. Yeah. yeah, yes, probably. That's why it was centering on. From the male perspective,、mm-hmm. it's just for me. I feel like there's kind of like an erasure of the、mm. female's importantness. Like you don't see much of what the daughter has done, and you don't really see enough interactions、uh, mm. between the parents. I、right. think there's more interactions between the the grandma and the son. Maybe because that's again that's reflecting、yeah. on his own memory. Yeah. yeah. Also, I feel a little bit sad about that the marriage. You know, the,、yeah. towards the end, that the finally the fa- well, the, here's a spoiler. If anyone hasn't watched the film, you know, just turn it off for the next thirty seconds. Yeah. Um, the business of the farm is finally like starting up. They they found someone to sell their pro- produce,、mm-hmm. but the wife she still wants to be separated. She doesn't、mm. want to continue.、Mm. And I see that a lot of marriage break down because that. The man to have a very little understanding of what woman really wants in the marriage, and even though that she shows her frustration,、mm. and most men still don't get it. Yeah.、Uh, Why do you like, think that is? Well, I I feel like having, um, I don't think it's certainly a a male trait, but I do feel like a lot of males that think having they need to establish something on themselves to prove. Their existence,、mm. but sometimes women just want a stable relationship and a stable, stable life. Whereas men, they have their egos. They want to, for example, in Minari, he really wants to have a farm. Like、mm. he said that, oh, I want to have something to show to my kids、mm. that I'm somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His own journey was more important. Than what his our wife was asking of him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. It's so astonishing to hear you say all these things because when I watched it, I didn't see any of that. And as、mm-hmm. someone who's usually very critical of, you know,、um, centering the woman, I think maybe because when I go into a film,、uh, there's less of me that is critical because. I see film as this escapism. Like I still am very、mm-hmm. critical of film because I love it,、um, and I can't help, you know, I can't help the way I interpret things. But this movie, I think, I was so focused on just like trying to relate to it, in the sense that they're both 
we, me and the characters were all Asian. And so I was mm-hmm. like, kind of trying to relate to it in that sense. Um, but, uh, I mean, I thought it was, it didn't make me as emotional as The Farewell, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I maybe that could have been well. Yeah. You haven't seen The Farewell? Uh, yeah, I have to see Farewell. What? Are you serious? I, I, watched, I watched like first 20 minutes and for some reasons I think I stopped it because... I have to leave or somewhere. I think we were oh. watching it at our parents' place or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea you haven't seen it. Yeah. I wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think. I, I, yeah. I think Luke mentioned that he preferred Farewell as well. Right. After yeah, watching yeah. Minari. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I also went to the movies this week. Well, I went to Palace Cinemas to watch, uh, The Quiet Place Part Two, which was like so <laughs> amazing. But I got Helen to watch the first one. Um, and and Helen had a lot of things to say about it which I just love (laughs) but yeah let's just let's start with um, Helen's thoughts on the first The Quiet Place came out I think in 2018 I think it was like directed by John Krasinski Krasowski Emily Blunt's husband basically Um, and uh, I don't think I watched I don't know if I watched it in the cinemas but I remember really liking it yeah Uh uh-huh yeah what did you think if you haven't seen it it's basically um i don't know where why anyone would not have seen it because it's like necessary viewing but it's basically like um this imagined future where there are monsters that attack they're blind but they attack by hearing like if you make a sound they'll kill you basically so like at the beginning of the movie we see john krasinski and emily blunt's family like signing basically Mm-hmm. So they have three kids, yeah. and the eldest child is basically deaf. almost deaf. So yeah, she's yeah. wearing so she's, uh, uh, hearing she signs. aid. Yeah. yeah, she signs. And they have two younger boys as well. And at the very first five minutes of the film, uh, spoilers again, if you don't want to listen to our spoilers, just skip the next two minutes or so. Uh, one of the child dead dies. because Yeah, dies because... He picked up the toy and, you know, the toy, one of those toys that you press the button, you make, like, yeah. loud noise, and he was attacked. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I don't know, like, the, the rational part of me uh-huh. keep thinking that, okay, this kind of world is totally illogical. <laughs> I did not think that at all. Because I, I know, then I have to put my whole mindset into the sci-fi scenario yeah. to make it yeah. rational yeah. to make this possible um, because the rational part of me keep thinking that oh okay you have to keep everything quiet that's just so hard yeah. especially with children yeah exactly <laughs> that's fucking yeah. impossible yeah. how yeah. can you keep the children quiet yeah if they're like mute if they have disabilities that they cannot talk that's understandable but if they can make sounds that's just so hard to keep yeah. them quiet yeah. and how do you stop people from sneezing burping and farting, farting. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Exactly. I never thought of that. Yeah. It's so wonderful how some people, like some directors or writers, they can just like completely make you leave this world. Mm-hmm. So like I've never once thought about the illogis- the illogicalness of this world that they've created. I thought the most illogical thing, obviously, is the fact that Emily Blunt has a fucking baby at the end of the first movie. Yes. And, uh, I thought that no- was very yeah. illogical too. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Like, come on. You can't make a woman make no sounds while a fucking baby comes out of her vagina, uh-huh. breaks her open. Come on. It's a bit insulting, to be honest. Uh, I was thinking that what... I don't know who wrote this story. John but I, I Okay, so it's a guy who wrote the yeah, story. Yeah, of course. I feel like, what's the real point when yeah. you're in such well 
that you know there's monsters and it's like yeah. kind of like uh there's no you don't know what's the method of killing the monsters you're basically trying to survive yeah and you're still having another child like that's you get ex- another woman yeah. pregnant seriously yeah. that's exactly what that's a, oh my god that is exactly what the geniuses uh, Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris said on their podcast a few years ago precisely about this sh- movie they said that this movie you have to listen to it that episode is extraordinary they said basically that um they were really insulted by the fact that um Mm -hmm. emily blunt gets pregnant and tries to have a baby because like um and they said something like this is exactly what white people do they think that they can make the world however they want you know like they said it was so irresponsible in such a devious and volatile context environment Mm -hmm. that they still thought oh we're still gonna have a baby like that they said that's just so like that's such a trope of white people they think they are literally like god that they can do anything they want Mm -hmm. i think it's not only white people i think very conservative idea of you procreate create and there's a sign of hope or something like that yeah exactly and there were so many scenes in the movie what the first one, I don't know what happens in the second one, but in the first one, you look at like, Jesus Christ, you have to choose between this kid or that kid or mm. your wife or the husband. Mm. Like you are literally comparing whose life to choose, to, yeah. to save. Yeah. 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 And it's just ridiculous when it comes that you notice that she's pregnant. It's just really astonishing. I don't know why. This kind of storyline comes out. It's like the hope of survival of human needs to have a newborn. Yeah, a white newborn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. That's exactly what Wesley and Jenna were saying. Like, um, absolute uh, sort of fuck you to the rest of the world that white people have. That this like utter and total certainty that they deserve whatever they want. You know, that mm-hmm. there is no world where they can't get what they want. Mm. people who have not listened to that episode you guys should go and listen to it it's absolutely extraordinary um helen what did you think about the ending i think it's no spoiler john krasinski dies Mm -hmm. i think it's so traumatic for the kids Mm. i'm seeing it from the i'm saying it from the perspective of the parents and children's relationship how the the oldest daughter the eldest daughter always feel guilty about Mm you know, having her younger brother die because mm. she feel like she's partially responsible for yeah. it. And she feel like she has been neglected by her dad for all these, like, past two years or so, something like that. Mm. Mm. And then at the very end, because the dad's trying to save the kids and yeah. then he stood in front of them and he He sacrificed He himself. sacrificed himself. Yeah, right in front of the kids. Like, not even telling the daughter to close her eyes or things like that. He's like, it's a it's an act of heroic survival yeah very patriarchy it's like i have to show you how much i did for you yeah yeah and without even considering the consequences or the trauma were placed on that little child honestly yeah yeah Yeah, um wesley and jenna both have something that they said that was really great about how this basically is a movie about the power the the importance of being a father and that fathers can save the world basically it's a very kind Mm. of nucleus nucleus family message this this Mm -hmm. novel the sorry this movie heteronormative yeah centers around the the sort of everlasting power of 
the importance of the man, the father, the head of the house, you know. And unfortunately, I have to say that um, in this, I'm going to move on to the Quiet Place Part Two now. <laughs> um, that kind of yeah, that kind of unfortunately carries on. Like I'm even though, despite the fact that I love Killian Murphy, I think he's like the most beautiful man in the world. Um, his character, unfortunately. Um, is almost like a, a substitute for John Krasinski's character in the first in the second movie. Um, okay. I think that the second part did not need a male character at all, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, Killian Murphy um, is like um, the whole movie is almost like the whole movie. The characters kind of are like saying, "Oh, Killian Murphy is not as good as John Krasinski," but it's like uh, Killian Murphy's better. Yeah, the the second movie kind of starts off with before the the mm-hmm. alien invasion, and then it kind of moves on to current days. And I think it's a really great movie. It's like way more kind of action packed than the first movie. But I have to say, the the male beard is very annoying. Like John Krasinski <laughs> has a very thick beard. Uh, yes. I think Killian Murphy also has a really thick beard in this second one. Um, like the male beard is like the most obvious and dumb uh, sort of um, not dumb, but most like straightforward Hyper, indication indication of masculinity yeah uh-huh yeah. but uh yeah i i really enjoyed it i i went to see it's it with... entertain it's entertaining i have to it's so that. yeah yeah, yeah. It's i loved entertaining. it yeah, yeah it's great suspense and all yeah that. <laughs> yeah and um emily blunt is so beautiful i just can't stand how beautiful she is and she looks <laughs> stunning in the second movie just her hair in every scene is just like <laughs> in my head i was thinking there's no way your hair could look so good when like the world has been crumbling around you, <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that, that's what happens in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Remember when we were growing up, Dad's always saying that. Oh, this this doesn't happen in reality. How do they? How can they yeah. still keep their makeup on when they're yeah. trying to run away from zombies? And yeah, <laughs> like watching that. movies with Dad growing up was like the highlight of my childhood, honestly, because um, he just he was always very willing to sit down and watch a movie with us, but he's also like very he critical. never yeah like he never he refused to be sucked into um a movie situation like he always exactly. said he always would like point out obvious flaws in the storyline you know and um mm-hmm. but that was like i loved him for that yeah okay so let's move on what, what are we going to talk about next because it's a bit of arbitrary today we haven't well, really said much of denta no today. well um i i i last week went out um, with a couple of friends and bumped into some at Vic on the Park, which is like a, a pub at, in Marrickville. And we went to see some live music on Friday night, which was awesome. But there's like a Vic on the Park has, Vic on the Park has like a really big, large sort of space at the back, the back of the um, pub. And last weekend it was like packed with just like hipsters in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a distinct, unique, particular crowd. Um, it, I feel like the longer I spend in Marrickville, the more I think it's like got LA vibes. Mm-hmm. Marrickville is like such an LA esque kind of suburb. It's very flat, um, very expansive. A lot of kind of street art. A lot of kind mm-hmm. of. It's not as gentrified as say like Redfern or um, Surrey Hills. Yeah. Um, so yeah, remember like last year I did a, a whole segment on Newtown. I think my next. I would like to to do yeah I would love to do a whole episode on Marrickville because Marrickville is so like I think 99% of my friends live in Marrickville (laughs) Marrickville, Leichhardt, um, Dulwich Hill another suburb that yeah all my this morning actually before we started recording Helen I went to see my friend in Coogee and I was Mm -hmm. like 
oh my god this is so far away and it was like literally a 22 minute drive but like for me 22 minutes on the in the car is like just like I might as well be driving across borders mm-hmm. um but it was really nice like uh, I guess like you know the the ocean is beautiful you can never regret going to the ocean you know yeah yeah lovely. And I also wanted to mention um, um, reading the uh, third book in Deborah Levy's life trilogy. Um, it's called Real Estate. De- Deborah Levy is like one of my favorite writers. And her first took book, two books in the trilogy called The Cost of Living and Things I Don't Want to Know are like literally my Bible. And um, I like I think I'm up to like the last 10 pages of Real Estate, which is her third one. And it's just like, I, I cannot wait to give them to you, Helen, to read. I can't. Oh, I just wow. can't wait for your brain to be like completely um, opened up because like a, I think a lot of what we, you and I talk about and in terms of, you know, women and what it means to be a mother, what it means to be a wife, she talks uh-huh. about all these things. And um, so I, I just cannot wait to talk to you about them. Is this a nonfiction? Yeah, yeah. I, non-fiction? 99% of yeah. what I read is nonfiction. Oh, I yeah. see. Have you started Breast and Eggs? You've started I have. Breast and um, eggs. Well, I started reading the first page yeah. and then I had to put it down because I had other stuff to do. But it's it's a gr- it's such a great opening. Like yeah, her writing I is just it. so clean. Yeah, I love clean writing. There's nothing better it's than just clean very straightforward. writing. Yeah, very exactly. straightforward. Yeah, mm. I mean it's it's a very big book. It's mm. like three hundred something. Pages, yeah, it's very 100. very long. Yeah, but you will get through it like. How you got through uh, the convenience store woman? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. In one day, it's very straightforward. <laughs> Maybe not in one day, yeah, but it's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the ads that I saw in the cinemas <laughs> and how problematic they are. We'll be right back. When I went to see the movie, when I went to see um, The Quiet Place Part 2, I realised mm-hmm. that um, I was bomb-blasted, bombarded with ads. Bombarded with ads? Bombarded, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't watch TV. I think the last time I watched TV, network TV, was like 1997. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, obviously. But, um, but don't, don't you watch YouTube? Sometimes yeah, but they're diff- ads. yeah, yeah, true, true. That I just I like skip them or I don't. I just like mute it immediately. I uh-huh. hate ads yeah. so much. Yeah. I just hate them passionately. But um, I also love going to the cinemas early so I don't miss the trailers. And so inevitably, that uh, means I've also got to sit through true. ads. And there were three yeah. ads that I sat through this Sunday night that were um kind of some uh, kind of ads that I wanted to kind of analyze. So the first mm-hmm. one was um. I don't know if you've seen this, Helen. It's the Australian tourism ad starring Hamish Blake, Hamish Blake yeah. and his wife Zoe Foster. Funny enough, I saw those three ads all yeah. on uh, Facebook. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just randomly popped up on my feed. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I honestly don't know what irritates me about this ad. I really don't. I think it's just because I just you don't find like Hamish Blake so friggin' like Hamish and Andy. Oh my god! <laughs> I have no words. I just find is this them, a like, typical dick- typical white Australian oh dude? Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god! I just I can't. I mean, they're I funny. Oh, okay, no, I'm not even going there. I don't think they're funny at all. I think they're like five year old boys. But anyway, um, in male bodies, um, 
uh, in adult male bodies. Uh, but the to ad basically is like um, having it shows kind of Hamish and Zoe at different points throughout Australia, and like them kind of gasping at how beautiful mm. it is. Like I see the point of this, obviously, because of COVID. Um, the Australian tourist has really was really hit hard, you know. So um, mm-hmm. a lot of hotels have had to close down. A lot of businesses. It's really not been a good uh, twelve months for the tourism industry. I get it. Okay, I get it. But I think what really irritated about me about this ad was um, that kind of um, Hamish would say something, and then Zoe would be on the side, just kind of nodding or like okay. making one or two words. Like just, uh-huh. she was like completely, the the whole ad just kind of made her look like the quiet, submissive first lady of the president kind of vibe. And I just, mm-hmm. it just really pissed me off. It really pissed me off. I don't know who, who wrote the, the, the ad. It just probably, what, probably guys, obviously. There's no improvement from that ad, you know, about 10 years ago by Lara Bingle, where the bloody hell are you? It's just still the same. There's no improvement, no creativity and... The mm. catchphrase for this uh, was like something big. They were looking for something yeah. big, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. it was referring to Australia has a lot of big items, you know, like big great Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, um, the Woolaroo and the canyons, um, places as such. And yeah, yeah. I, I didn't notice because I only watched it at once. Now you mention it, it does sound. It does seem like. Uh, sorry, Hamish was taking the narrative over, and there's really no point if his partner was Zoe there or not. Yeah, was there or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, I there's think... a term for it. Like I, I know that there's a the English term is like trophy wife, and the oh, Chinese right. term is like a vase. As in what? you're there, a vase where you oh. put flowers. You're just there for yeah, yeah. for a show. Like you don't really oh, act as okay. any purpose for it. Yeah, 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 that's how I felt Zoe was. She was just like the trophy wife. I was so irritated mm-hmm. by that. Yeah, I guess like there were sort of the tokenistic cameos by brown, black, indigenous people, like uh, a brown kid when they're at like some rainforest mm-hmm. and um, who, who you know, is saying something profound and then Hamish fucking interjects like an idiot and finishes off his sentence. <laughs> and then there was like, um, where there was this moment of um, supposed performative profundity when they were standing in under like a big cave somewhere in Northern Territory and then there's an indigenous mm-hmm. elder who says something, yeah. or maybe she nods her head. No, he didn't She's... want to even say. There wasn't any lines for him. Yeah, right. Even yeah, finish. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty stupid. Like, honestly, yeah. I just think, like, why? Like, I think what really irritates me is the fact that, like, Hamish Blake and his wife, who doesn't get any personality, in in this ad in this story, um, that they are the face of Australia. You know, like, how many mm-hmm. people are going to watch this ad? It's it's like um, this is how Australia has been sold. These like a white mm. straight couple who are the boringest couple on the planet, right? And they're being used to sell this country, which has so much more going for it than yeah. the places that like. I think what what Australia has going for it is way more than like just its physical landscape. But really, that's what this campaign was kind of focused on. You know, the physical beauty of mm. it, and they just use these like the most normative straight couple in their 40s, I'm guessing they're in their 40s, I don't know, 30s, um, to sell a whole country, you know, and they did it, mm. like, I just, I think, I just, when I see Hamish Blake, I just think, I always think of the, you know, in high school when you had those 
the clown, the class clown, who was like, <laughs> you just wanted to murder yes. them. Yeah. So I remember when I was like 12 years old or 13, I was in maths class and there was a class clown sitting behind me who was like always kicking my chair and I just couldn't get him to stop. And like, I remember yes. just wanting to turn around and stab him in the eye with my scissors or my comforts or whatever <laughs> equipment I had in my eye. Yeah. Uh, with my hand. Yeah. Um, I just see like Hamish Blake as that, like that, like just a, a clown who was just like got zero talent. And I'm like, why are we using him to promote the entire country? I don't feel there's much essence in that ad, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can you see all the landscape, yet those are beautiful, but the presenter wasn't. You just don't get the vibe. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, and... we were when when we were talking about Sydney and Melbourne, how Melbourne had a tourism ad was that much was better. exactly what I was about to bring up. Yeah, like how yeah how Melbourne did it so beautifully exactly. Yeah. And like they weren't like they weren't known people. Like we didn't know those characters. Like those yeah, actors. Yeah, I know. No, but we don't know them. And yet, like the the storytelling in that ad was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was this elegance. Yeah, and you can see the artist artistic side of it. You can see the landscape, mm. and like you said, there's a story behind it. Well, not necessarily a story, but there's a narrative trope about it. How they want to present Melbourne. You know yeah. how you can yeah. feel about Melbourne through that ad. Whereas, yeah. oh, tourism Australia, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. God, we need more just like clever people with more kind of like artistry. You know, mm. it's kind of yeah. yeah. Just like they, they get these people who just have like kind oh, of. But no internationally, of, who no the hell knows? Who knows? Who ha- sorry? Internationally, who knows? Who knows yeah, yeah I, who knows I Hamish? I don't know. I do. Zero. No one. No one knows him. Um, the second ad um, is actually also about tourism, but our closest neighbour, uh, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I think what bothered me most about it was the beard. <laughs> You just so you have this thing about beard. You I know. Just I just hate. So I hate men who have beards. Okay, so um, the ad starts off with this white guy in a PJs in the in the bedroom. In his he's, bed. He's, yeah. yeah, in his bed, he's asleep, and then like um, we see like a Maori man lying Maori, next to him. Yeah, yeah Maori man is lying next uh-huh. to him, and he kind of wakes him up, and he's like, "This is a dream or something." He says, "Um, uh-huh. you're about to dream," and then um. Uh, I'm going to take you to some nice places. And then the guy in the PJ, the white man, the first thing he dreams about is, um, can I have a beard? Oh, yeah. Like, what he, is with about beards? It's just so strange. Yeah, because like, I think with men, a beard is almost like for, I, I think of it as maybe like um, for women, it's the same as like women and boobs maybe. Like oh. yeah, like it's like it's a way okay. to feel more feminine, and for men, uh-huh. men, I think it's a way for them to feel more masculine. And so this guy, he wanted a, like the first thing he wished about, he wished for in his dream world was a beard, like a thick beard, because oh, I think so I'm fucking I, there is because there is nothing more in, indicative of male power and pride, physical indi- indication mm-hmm. of male pride and power than a beard, I see, like a I thick. See. In a West, <laughs> fucking beard. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the ad, you have the, the two men kind of doing things together, like cycling, um, going on one of those jet boats, you know, all those normal things that I'm sure most people um, who have a lot of money have done in New Zealand. New Zealand is uh, stunning. Like, I swear, yeah, Queenstown, 
Queenstown is like is like another planet. It's absolutely Queenstown mountains out of mm. this world. Mind blowing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mostly just was so uh, angry about the beard. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> yeah. I do so feel that the New Zealand did a better job. No, it also was kind of. Is it really bad? Yeah, I, 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 I feel I just, like at least that they had their First Nation people to yeah, talk yeah, exactly. on the air yeah. rather than yeah. just a fully white dude yeah, narrating exactly. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, you're you're completely right. Um, I I just find that it's so funny whenever um ads use a character right to center the story of a campaign. Mm-hmm. They use this kind of do not douchey, but like kind of like, ha ha. He's so comical. Like, yeah, he's so like he doesn't know what he's doing. Let's laugh at this white adult male like wanting a beard. Like he's like the guy in the New Zealand ad kind of looks like um, Hamish Blake because Hamish Blake literally <laughs> looks like every single white guy in Australia. Just very like norm normal looking, um, and uh, they're both kind of just like I'm not saying they're stupid. But they pretend to be kind of dopey, and I'm like, ugh, I just like, I hate that portrayal of like the stupid, straight white male who's kind of like, ha ha, yeah, take me on an adventure. Oh my god, this is so cool. I'm like riding a bike through, <laughs> through New Zealand, or like, and and also that, the fact that they center white people in these ads, mm. it really reconfirms to me that only white bodies can travel, that only white bodies can have these adventures because. Um, to travel yeah. is a sign of wealth, you know? Like, only yeah. white bodies can um, have mm-hmm. the means and the resources to take these kind of trips, you know? Mm-hmm. And just centering on the white culture as well, mm. you know? Like, you, uh, not necessarily white culture, but the wealthy people that are allowed to afford to do things like yeah. this. Yeah, for instance, um, there's know. one scene in the um, Hamish Blake ad where, like, Zoe is sitting at, like, this um, table literally on the beach. It's like a makeshift table on the beach. And then she's, like, about to dig into a lobster. And then Hamish Ah, just, like, comes in with his ginormous lobster and, like, Mm -hmm. plunks it onto the table rudely. Um, Saying that this is big. Yeah, this is big, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Eye roll. But, like, that setting itself was, like, uh, I don't know anyone in my life who can afford... Something like that. Um, I think we're coming to a point, rather than talking about the race, we are talking about the standard or the wealth yeah. between Plus. people, how how they travel. Like, yeah. you don't see caravan parks. Oh, yeah, you exactly. You don't see... Yeah. Why, why isn't there caravan... Like, people travel in the very different ways. You don't see caravan mm. parks in this kind of tourism ad. Yeah. You don't see... Um, like I don't know, two star motels. Yeah, hostels. Yeah. Or, you don't see those um, mangly swimming pools at the back. Of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it shows a lot about wealth as well. You know, yeah. it's how can how how do people afford to have that kind of experience? You have to have certain money to do it, right? Yeah, like having such a big stupid lobster. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it's great that Helen mentioned the Melbourne ad because if there are any ad ad people listening to our show right now, what I think what a good ad does is what the Melbourne ads used to do. I mean, those Melbourne ads are like at least 15 years old. You know, I haven't seen a good Melbourne ad. I think at least 20, 20 yeah. years old, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I think and the we'll, music. We'll, yeah, we'll the link it to the show music. notes. 
If we can find it. <laughs> yeah, Helen's going to definitely link it to the show notes, the YouTube. I'm sure they're on YouTube. The ads um, that promoted Melbourne um, were so well done. They were so well done. Yeah, and it was really good. I'm wondering whether in, in, say, places like the UK or America, if they know how to, if they've done it better, you know. Yeah, because, like, before I go to a place, like, last year when I was um, shopping around for US colleges, I would, like, literally spend a whole day just looking up YouTube videos of small cities. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I looked up Baton Rouge. I looked up um, places in Alabama, like, places, like, in the Midwest. I looked up Chicago because, like, I wanted to go to Chicago Uni. There were, like, just small cities where there were really nice five-minute, ten-minute videos on YouTube that showed a city. And yeah. um, what I really liked about these were, like, they never centred anyone. You know, they yeah. just showed the places as they were and uh-huh. they were very friendly and welcoming. Whereas with the tourism ads that we have now discussed, um, one with Hamish Blake and that guy in New Zealand, they kind of, we follow the journey of the straight white man who's mm-hmm. kind of just, like, yeah, taken himself on these journeys. It's always centering on the white dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable that um, that that still happens. Like, why can't yeah. we have a woman going out on an adventure by herself? Oh, we do have of... Lara Bingle, <laughs> white oh, woman. She literally, oh, like, yeah, she was like seventeen or eighteen when that came out. The oh, third, my... yeah, mm-hmm. gone. I just found the one of the Melbourne ad. Yeah, hold yeah, on. yeah. Remember they they had like a big. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and then people just trying to connect. Yeah, exactly. Places so magical. It was so beautiful. Yeah, the music music is beautiful. Yeah, that that is the third one of the one I really like. The second one I liked was the um the woman who wakes up in a hotel room. It was black and white as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and it looks like she's leaving her lover. And she goes oh, yes. on a yeah. She goes and does all these things by herself, and then she comes back, and it's, we realize it's her husband, and yeah. she just went off on a little journey by herself. Yeah. Um, and then the um, and then I the, love that one. It's I like know. a little piece of uh, fragment of your life, a woman's life that yep. she can escape. Yep. From her normal routines. Yep. I know. Yeah. It's so stunning. Yeah. yeah. So Helen's gonna link that on the show notes as well. <laughs> I'll try to look for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The third ad that I'm going to talk about is we're going to take a turn. It's quite different. The subject matter is totally different, uh, in fact. Mm-hmm. It's not about tourism. It's uh, about domestic violence. And I'm sure all of you have been seeing this around the place. I saw this ad, the video ad, on the, uh, on the cinemas. And it's the campaign is called Unmute Yourself. Mm-hmm. I think you've seen, people might have seen this on the posters around Sydney. Um, and it basically shows, like, uh, in the beginning of the ad, it shows a boy kind of like... Um, throwing something i think a fruit or a tennis ball tennis ball it yeah just, it's it's like a setting of like a weekend barbecue family yeah. barbecue mm. yeah um at the backyard and the boy is th- a boy of like about 10 is throwing um this tennis ball at directly and quite aggressively at a, a girl around the same age mm-hmm. and she's clearly just un- uncomfortable she's clearly distraught but he keeps doing it mm-hmm. and then we kind of see um the f- camera kind of pants to the pair like two adults kind of looking at each other hesitantly and then um another and then it cuts to another scene this is the only one i remember actually of a girl who's getting threatening texts from a boy she's seeing we think um when he's uh-huh. like sending texts like why are you ignoring me like a lot of um exclamation marks and caps uh-huh. her friend next to her is walking and says, is she and she asked her are you okay and she said yeah he's just he just like well, I don't know what she said. I think she said something like he's just insecure. I think she said. She said I think she said that he oh, just this cares is the way, about me. 
Yeah, this is the yeah. one he cares about he me. Did, yeah, 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 yeah. Something um, along the line like that. And then yeah, yeah and then the narrator voiceover says like um when you see some abusive behavior basically like speak out unmute yourself yeah and then at the end of the ad we see the parents and the beginning of or the, the adults ad. yeah, yeah the adults i'm um, sitting down with the boy to talk to him about it mm-hmm. I, I guess but um i yeah. think um what bothered me about this ad was it just places the responsibility on the people that are not necessarily responsible for this kind of behavior these behaviors you know mm-hmm. like it's saying um I don't think parents are responsible for, like, if you, if like, say if Helen, your son is, like, a monster, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't think you're responsible. You're not necessarily wholly responsible for the fact that you're a monster, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't, like, I, I think it just places the blame on people who are not necessarily to blame. Like, the ad's basically okay. saying, um, uh, parents, you ought to teach your son about what is damaging, harmful behaviour. But it's like mm-hmm. uh, I think the the son obviously picked that up from somewhere. He obviously thought that that was okay to do. Okay, there were two there were two scenarios that you didn't mention. Now I'll okay, mention yeah. it. Yeah, mention. There was it, please. one about there was a scenario at a football game uh-huh. where that the one of the player a, a boy player who oh, yes. missed a catch I or remember. something like that. Yep, yep. And on the sideline, his dad, or I don't know, another adult yeah. was yelling that, oh, stop playing like a girl. Yeah. 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 And then you see a blank-faced uh, from, another spectator uh, yeah, from, next to yeah. him. Yeah. He's probably thinking something. Yeah. And, you know, the, the radar over it is um, mentioning something that, oh, don't, like, don't if you see something. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't unmute, unmute yourself. yourself. Yeah, unmute yeah, yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there was another scenario where it didn't have any sounds but you see uh, a couple clearly having a domestic argument the woman uh, drops down on the floor and the part the male partner throws something at her uh-huh. i feel like the ad is trying to convey a message but it didn't do it really well mm. what you say is that um the parents might not necessarily taken the whole responsibility where but whereas i do think parents play a huge part of responsibility of their kids' behavior, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not just that. I think it's just it's not just simply talking to your kids about it. I think the overall environment of respect doesn't only come from the family. It mm-hmm. happens all over the bigger environment. For example, the school. The school need to talk about it. Yeah. Now the workplace talk about it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. see how incredibly sexist workplaces can be yeah yeah and it's just astonishing to me now we're in 2021 and we're still talking about it and it's just a lack of respect that people have and i I don't think in the ads they Mm. mainly focus about how to educate the kids i think the important thing now is to educate the fucking adults right yeah honestly if you educate the adults the kids will follow yeah. Like, why would the kids have that kind of behavior? Because they follow what they see, yeah. uh, you know, the surrounding adults, their action, the behavior, the behaviors of some sports stars, the, yeah. co- the lack of consequences that the sports stars yeah. are getting. Yeah. 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 I, I, I do wonder whether, um, you know, the father saying, oh, you're kicking like a girl or something. Um, I wonder if that does still happen. Hey, probably does. Yeah, I, don't I know. feel like there's a lot uh, of types yeah. of masculinity 
and masculine men throughout, like be it any culture, that still mm-hmm. um, that still teaches young boys to be a certain type, you know, of aggressiveness to perform mm-hmm. a certain type of aggression and yeah. resilience. That I think um, that I'm not sure how to dismantle. Yeah, what do you think? Well, and the thing is that a lot of people don't think it's wrong. That's the problem. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like hyper masculinity or hyper femininity. People think yeah. that's that's the way how the society should function.、Mm. And like I said, I said it before that even with the safe school programs, when they were first trying to roll it out, a lot of parents are against it. They're like, "Oh, don't yeah, teach my、right. kids that." I don't、yeah. want to teach my kids about you know homosexuals. It's got nothing to do with my kids. Like I'm like,、mm-hmm. honestly, I I can I cannot speak for the parents who think like that. But I I feel like I I'm gonna be really judgmental now. Yeah. In the sense that those parents think that it's got nothing to do with them because、uh-huh. they have no idea what's happening in the world and they reject、right. all those ideas、yeah. that are actually fact and true,、yeah. like what's really happening. Yeah. They're、yeah. essentially rejecting people who are gay, lesbian, queer, and things、yeah. like that. What do you think about the 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 last scenario of the friend who um is like seeing her friend, her other friend, getting abusive messages? I'm a little confused about that kind of scenario. I、uh, I don't think that? that I know how to. I think it's a subtle behavior. I think it's trying to convey the idea of behaviors or verbal. Abuse seems so subtle. Ah,、uh, microaggressions as well, and if you get um, if you just ignore those little behaviors, you would kind of build up,、mm. become a bigger issue, right? Because right. we know that people who, I mean, because speaking from experience or meeting people who have been through domestic、yeah. violence. Yeah, you can tell the signs of people who are going to commit domestic violence by very little behaviors, such、right. as texts, yeah, and uh, coercive uh, behaviors or the controlling. You know, just、mm. little things will eventually build up. I think that's the idea that it's trying to、um, pass on to the audience. Right, What do you think? right. I th- I think this one was. More kind of, I I kind of could see that actually happening,、um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not sure this one was. It just seemed like it placed the responsibility on the friend, basically saying like, if you have a friend、mm-hmm. who's experiencing something, you should say, hey, this is not normal,、um, which I think is actually quite、um, important because when I was in an abusive relationship, it was someone in my very close circle of,、um, someone very close to me who said. You know, this is you need to get out. Like, I I needed to hear that、mm. from someone.、Um, mm. So I think that was like less problematic that last one.、Mm-hmm. It's just like it 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 just also feels like um difficult because um our personal lives are so like we're kind of I'm not sure if we're taught to do this, but I know that most people don't openly talk about the truth of what's happening within their relationship. And、mm-hmm. I think you know people don't want to intrude. People are always like, oh,、mm-hmm. you know, they've they've got their issues. I don't want to be a, like a busybody, you know.、Mm-hmm. I think it happens more in a lot more in Asian culture as well, Asian、mm. background families as well.、Um, there's a say in Chinese, "Chuan he bu chuan li," 
Yeah, what does that I mean? mean? When you when you see a couple fighting, you mm-hmm. try to make sure they become they make up right. after okay. they fight, rather okay. than they be, they go on separate ways. Right. Um, okay. This is the story that I heard years ago in Taiwan about an mm. MP. He said that he would never do that again after he found he he truly understand domestic violence, because when he was growing up, his mum was telling um his his mum's already told him that oh, don't try to separate a couple if they fight. You try to talk to both sides and right. help them to make, you know, make, make up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards. Sure. But he tried once when he was like a local counselor or something like uh-huh. that, uh-huh. and it just once the couple get back, it just made it worse. Yeah, the woman got still got beaten, and yeah, yeah. she she became blind on one eye, and then from that then on, he knows that he can't do that anymore because mm, he knows mm. that whatever that you trying to make up for a couple. It, it, the responsibility is not on you to have them back together. Responsibility yeah, is to ensure the safety of the, the of, victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's mostly always the woman. The one woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I think it took a really long time. I think conti- even now, a lot of um, couples in our generation, just for the sake of their kids, I've heard too many stories for the sake of their kids. For the sake of financial stabilities, they they put up with it. Yeah, yeah. And mostly will be the woman. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not easy for the people, you know, like friends or family、mm. members to just tell them that there are reasons beyond、mm. of what we know that they want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. The person want to stay in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's um, it's just part of this. Thing that we have as a society that we don't air like this—it's the expression "don't air your dirty laundry" out、mm. in public. Do you think it's because of the shame again? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, because、mm-hmm. we're supposed to be happy in a couple. You know, you're not supposed to talk <sighs> about your problems, but everyone has problems. You know, we literally、That's、know、true. that. We literally、yeah. know that. Like, come on, the richest man in the world, Bill Gates, had marital problems. <laughs> come on. Oh,、well, let's not care about him. I mean, Melinda Gates. You know, she had issues and she had a lot of money. So, like,、yeah. let's just all be human with each other. You know, I wish、That's、like、right. people talked about their personal lives more. Um, just more, more openly, more publicly. I understand if they're not comfortable doing that, but I just am someone who wishes that that was more normal. You know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we sh-、uh, to have a more normal and to openly talk about it. Not shamed by what the society expectation. Yeah, exactly. Like we need to change our expectation towards life. Honestly, yeah, yeah. it's not always happy, rosy color. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're fucking a happy、right. ending. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Is there anything else that you want、no. to add? <laughs> those advertisements no, that, and commercials. Those, those were my final thoughts on the ads, <laughs> and stay tuned for the next. I wonder what movies I'm gonna watch coming up. I don't think there's anything I desperately want to watch. I need to use my New South Wales vouchers though. I haven't used them yet. Yeah, yeah. I still have two. Sean's got still have two as well. Yeah, yeah. Just go to the movies. I think we're just gonna go to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. If you have enjoyed our show, please give us a five star rating and share with your friends. Asian bitches down under welcome listeners to support our shows through Acast supports. 
to assistant. Your donation will help us to continue the intersectionality of podcast industry. So we will chat to you next time. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a good week. Yeah, thank you.